Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Benedettiville's super extra special podcast continuing story of epic length and proportion, Them Part 9. We're all the way to Part 9, folks. When we left Josie and Sham, and now Josie's uncle, they were hurtling through hyperspace after a very daring escape, and a narrow escape at that, from the planet Gouda and from swarms of them. One-eyed, tentacled, strange, creepy-crawly beasts. And that is exactly where we pick up this week, inside the spaceship, mid-hyperspace jam. Here we go. Them, part nine. Sham and Josie and her uncle were in the cockpit of her uncle's spaceship hurtling through hyperspace. The technicolor swirls and streaks of time and space were shooting by them at the most magnificent speed and color and sound. Josie's uncle turned to her. All right, Josie, what do you know about them? About them? Nothing. I don't know anything about them, Josie said. On Earth, they were people-looking. They were the people, and they drove their black cars, and they lurked on street corners. And But then, on Gouda, just now, they were one-eyed pink aliens with slurpy tentacles. Mom and Dad said they can't stand magic users on the video, but what do I know? Not one thing. Her uncle grunted. What do you know? Josie asked. Well, they're ancient from a distant, bleak, disgusting world far out in the fringes of the multiverse. We used to think they were trying to eliminate magic users, but not anymore. Not after what I just discovered. Over the last few days, I've learned a heap more than we've gotten in the last century. I've seen their new base, I've seen their food farm, and I know why they are always after magic users. Oh no, Josie interrupted, horrified. They, they eat magic users. Her uncle chuckled. No, no, not quite. Close, but not quite. Not so monster-like. They eat magic energy, Josie. The way that you need calories, that's what they need. They need magic energy, but they're not magic users, so they have to get it from a magic user. They don't eliminate them. They take a magic user, they stick all the tubes and wires in them, and they feed on their magical energies. Oh my, that's terrible, Sham said. Maybe that's worse than eating them, Josie said quietly. Wait, wait, and they have my parents? <laughs> yep, her uncle said. And we're going to go bust them out. And not just your parents. They've got all kinds of magic users in their crazy base prison place hooked up to those wires and tubes, and we're going to get them all out. How? asked Josie. Well, some help from that magic doorknob of yours, her uncle said. And some of our agent friends, I guess. I'm ready, squeaked Sham. Me too, Josie said. I think. What's the plan? Her uncle tapped a few keys on the control panel in front of him, and an image popped up in front of Josie's face. It was an image of a dark corridor with a long hallway with barred doors on all sides of it. You see that, Josie? Now focus on that image, because I'm going to need you to get us there with your doorknob. That is the prison interior of they's base. Do you want me to do it right now? 
Uh, Josie. No, not now. In about five minutes, we're going to drop out of hyperspace, and we're going to be headed straight at the control tower of them's jail magic energy farm base. And this ship is going to fly straight at it and blow it sky high. But right before it does, we're going to gate right out of here and into the jail. Got it? Whew. Okay. Got it, Josie said. And then, once we're inside... We gotta figure out how to get everyone out of those sails, and then we gotta figure out how to gate them out onto the ships, because the agents are gonna be coming with some ships in about 15 minutes, and we gotta get all the magic users out onto those ships to escape. Maybe we can use that doorknob again, I don't know. Then, we've gotta get to the core, the core of that base, and blow it up. How are we gonna get out if we're stuck in there at the core blowing it up? Asked Josie. Yeah, I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there, her uncle said, smiling confidently. You understand the plan? Uh, yeah, I guess I understand the plan, Josie said. Good, because we're coming out of hyperspace in five, four, three, two. Her uncle pulled back on a large lever, and the swirling, blurring colors of time and space started to fade around them, and it was just the star-studded black of space again. And there, dead ahead, full in the viewscreen, was a massive building, looming and swirling pink mists all around it atop a craggy, pink-hued mountain. The ship was speeding straight towards a large tower. Time to go, hollered Uncle. He leapt up and Josie was right behind him. Shane was still clinging to her shoulder and they ran. There was a doorway that separated the cockpit from the rest of the ship. Josie stuck her doorknob to the slick metal of the ship door. She focused on the image of the jail. Meanwhile, the ship hurtled towards the control tower. Defensive lasers blasted from the tower and sizzled all around him. She reached for the doorknob. Surface alarms rang and tolled and the control tower was right there. She opened the door, grabbed the doorknob. They leapt through the magical gateway. As she pulled the door shut behind them, she could hear the shattering of metal and glass as the spaceship tore into the control tower and then... She had closed the door and there they were, inside the jail. Whew! Smiled her uncle. That was close! Um, said Sham. Ahem, uh, we're not safe yet, guys. Josie looked up. They were out of the spaceship, and they were in the dark corridor, looking down a hallway lined with barred doors. Sham was in front of her. He was looking over her shoulder, pointing behind her. She turned. Slurping towards Josie, Sham and her uncle was a huge, monstrous them. Three big eyes waved around on thick stalks, and its many tentacles were slurping and slurping over the floor as it scuttled towards them. Yee-haw! yelled Josie's uncle. She watched him draw his blaster from his hip like an old west cowboy, and he blasted away. There was a cloud of steam and smoke from the blasts, and when it cleared... The huge they was slumped over, not moving. Her uncle ran up to it, bent down, and then stood and tossed something towards Josie. The keys! Open those doors! I'm going to see if I can get into these computers here. Her uncle stood before a large computer terminal in the room, started clacking away at the weird tentacle-sized keyboard. Sham and Josie took the keys and went down the corridor. Door after door they opened, and magic user after magic user was removed from the weird wires and tubes that connected them to their cells, connected them with gloves and helmets and all kinds of weird things. They were all sorts, the magic users were, all sorts and types and sizes, shapes, colors, from all over the multiverse. Josie was amazed that these things even existed, but she couldn't dwell on that, on the craziness of things, because she had to focus, focus on freeing the prisoners. 
Cell after cell, on they went, she and Sham, as the magic users they freed came back to their senses. After a little bit, they came out pretty groggy. And then they too began to head down. The other magic users did, down other hallways, onto other floors. They going further ahead and freeing more and more and more of the imprisoned magic users. Alarms in the jail were blaring now and lights were flashing. Magic users were stumbling and wandering around, cheering, hugging each other, running all around as Josie opened up yet another barred cell door. There, chained to the walls with the strange wires and tubes of them, were two figures. They were slumped against one another. It was her parents. Older, yes. Worn and imprisoned, yep. But these were the people from the video. This was her mom and dad. Josie rushed in and freed them from their magic draining shackles. Her mom and dad slowly opened their eyes and groggily shook their heads. Art, Artemis, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine, Cal, I'm fine. They both looked up. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. It's me, Josie. Her parents' eyes got big. Mouths opened, closed, smiled. Then they tried to do all three at the same time. And then, in a rush, her mom and dad were up, wrapping their arms around Josie, and she wrapped her arms around them. And in the midst of the alarms and the lights and the rushing and the yelling and all the hubbub of the jails, they had a great big family hug right in the middle of their jail cell. Come on, her uncle finally called from the doorway. We've got work to do, and you're all just standing around getting goopy. Uncle, Josie's parents yelled, and they ran to him. They hugged him briefly, and then uncle broke it off. Oh, come on, come on. Sheesh, you big mush pots. Josie, Cal, Artemis, come on. We've got a core to blow up. And with a wink, he led them out of the cell, down the corridor, and on into the base. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for them, part nine. There's probably a couple more parts, maybe one, maybe two. It depends, but we are getting close to the end here. And it's uh, 9.57 on my watch on uh, Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving. And I'm extra thankful today that the story police didn't come and pick me up because I got my to-be-continued story continued. Now I just got to get it on the internet for you guys. Happy listening. I hope to see you at some of the Benedettiville shows coming up and around. We're playing this Saturday, November 24th, at the Healdsburg Regional Library at 11 a.m. And then we'll be downtown Petaluma on December 1st. For any of those details, you can check out Benedettiville.com. You can check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, All the info is there. All right, you guys. Have a lovely Thanksgiving weekend. And we'll see you in seven days for them, part 10. Take care.